Well, what's up, everybody? I am your host, Coach Megan, and welcome to this episode of the Powerhouse Podcast. I am actually kind of nervous for today's episode. I'm sharing a part of my life and a part of my story that I don't think I've ever shared this much in detail in three years of having this podcast. So I ask you to strap in and turn your listening ears on and pray for me as we're going through this story today. But we're going to be talking about emotional eating. You know, I think I glaze over this a lot of times. A lot of you guys know that I dealt with emotional eating from the age of 19 till about 21, and I've had little spurts of trouble um, throughout the last 10 years of my life, but I've had massive breakthrough, and I wanna share some of the strategies that I utilized to really help me get through. There are a bunch of really great studies and research now on what can help people to break through emotional eating, and I'm excited to share with you both that research as well as my personal journey here today. So thanks for getting vulnerable with me. Thanks for turning on your listening ears. And let's talk about emotional eating. Well, hello, everybody. I am super excited to chat with you guys about emotional eating today. But like I said, I'm actually a little bit nervous. So thank you so much for partnering with me to listen to this today and for praying for me. Um, I'm an eight, and so I don't naturally love being vulnerable. If I'm not 100% in control of that vulnerability, it's not fun for me. And um, But I really, I really want to share this thing with you today. Um, I have walked through quite the journey when it comes to food. I've walked through quite the journey um, when it comes to figuring out what the heck is going on in my mind and in my emotions. And y'all know, you know, this is like episode, we're in the 90s. And I've had so many of you guys who have been such a blessing to me lately. Um, I was just on a phone call actually with a a young lady last week who told me that before our free strategy call, she finished all 91 episodes and feels like we're already best friends. And I was like, oh my gosh, first of all, that's a lot of time. Super proud of you. And second of all, I was like, wow, that, that just means so much to me that, that really gives me a lot of, um, encouragement that we're providing a ton of value for you guys, which has been my mission since the start. So I am really excited to um, add this to the story. We've talked about this a little bit, and I think I've kind of danced around the subject a lot when I've told you guys about the moment in front of my mirror and my mom marching me in there. And I'm not going to go over that today because I've literally like beat a dead horse (laughs) when it comes to that story. But I really want to share with you guys um, really like everything that happened around that of what led me to that moment and what happened after that and how I got over some of these things. And um, it, it wasn't easy. Let me tell you, it was never, never really easy. And it was an accumulation of about a million jillion tiny decisions that have led me to becoming the strong, confident woman that I am today. And so I was actually just writing a social media post this morning and I just felt um, the Holy Spirit drop and I was like, wow, you know, I, I guess I've, I've really never talked about this like as much as I would have liked to. So I'm going to share a little bit more about my high school experience and about college. And then I'm going to give you guys four, I think it's four, four strategies um, based off of research and then my own life experience of things that will really, really help you to be wildly successful when it comes to overcoming an eating disorder. Now, I would like to say that I'm not an official eating disorder coach. I'm not a counselor, but I do have some amazing um, 
friend in my life, one in particular who will be working for us very soon. <laughs> she doesn't know I'm talking about her. Um, but one of my former clients, Melody Pierce, is an amazing eating disorder and recovery certified coach. And so you guys can look her up and I will put her information in the show notes if you would like to work with her personally. She is an anorexia survivor and has um, her own beautiful recovery journey. And you know what? Actually, I should bring her on to talk about this further. She has no idea that I'm saying this, by the way, but she's going to find out. <laughs> so Mel, I don't know why we've never had you on the podcast, but we need to. So that's silly. And you're amazing. Um, before we kind of get into this, I want to just uh, have a quick public service announcement. So um, we are announcing this publicly for the first time, um, but Pageants and Politics comes out this week, finally. And um, we, I was coaching a, a girl last week and um, she's like, hey, can we do some mock? Can we do some mock question? I was like, yeah, of course. And so we were doing some um, mock and we, I was like, you know what? Like you want to work on onstage question? Why don't we just kind of workshop this together? And I ended up showing her the inside of Pageants and Politics. You know, we went in my Google Drive and I showed her all the files and um, listened to just like 45 seconds of the audio. And she was, she literally responded like this. She goes, Coach Megan, this is everything I have literally ever wanted ever for onstage question help. And if I wouldn't have done this today, I would have been freaking out and not known how to answer any of these questions. So holy crap, when does this come out and how do I get it? And she goes, can I like write a testimonial for you? Because this is literally amazing. And I'm like, uh, let me think about that. Yeah. Yeah. That we can make that happen. So she did. And she wrote a testimonial on our website and, um, that'll be up the end of this week. So that's number one. And then number two, um, we are actually only releasing this to our inner circle first. And so if spots fill up, um, at the time that you guys listen to this, I don't even know if this will be still available. So you guys can check our website um, for this. And I will put that website in the show notes as well. But we are hosting a mastermind. So I'm so excited. Um, it's been like a year and a half since we've been able to do this. The last mastermind that we had was November of 2019 before the world was crazy. And so um, the the we're in phase four here in Nebraska and uh, COVID's not bad here. So um, we are inviting 25 women. I think 15 of those spots are taken and I haven't even like gotten the website up yet um, at the time of this recording. So by the time that you guys listen to this, it'll all be up and ready to go. But if you are interested in that, it is very inexpensive. Um, it's going to be a little bit less expensive for Inner Circle members. I always always promote um, discounts and give you guys special resources and access when you're an Inner Circle member and a member of our community. Or if you've gone through the Interview Mastery Academy, then you'll get a special discount. Um, but it's still very affordable for everyone. So it is Thursday through Saturday. It's going to be May May 27th to 29th. And I really want this to be putting the final touches on a lot of your guys's prep when it comes to interview and mindset and branding and on stage question. I'm bringing in three of my certified powerhouse coaches to help me who are all alumni and have been tremendously successful um, state title holders and people who are just amazing human beings who are coaches and just wonderful, wonderful people who are going to pour into you guys so much. And then I'll be speaking as well. And then we have, um, we have my makeup artist coming of 10 years to do makeup on three people's faces. Could be you. We have um, a ton of different speakers coming in. We have a full videography team. It's going to be like 
so fun. It's going to be so fun. So it's here in Omaha, right in the heart of a really cool neighborhood um, that I'm not going to reveal publicly on air, (laughs) but I'm really excited and it's open to anybody who wants to come. So if you want more information, um, you guys can just go to the link in the website or sorry, in our show notes and you guys can get that website and it's going to be so much fun. It'll be so much fun. It'll be Thursday evening, all day Friday, and then a half day Saturday and we're going to party. It's going to be so fun. You guys are going to learn. And like I said, it's all about polishing. So this is going to be like lots of back and forth, lots of reps, lots of opportunities for exercises and to ask questions with people who have been in your shoes and who have gone where you want to go. Um, And I'm super excited because this actually was started because a lot of my clients were like, "Uh, Coach Megan, we've been working with you for like a year plus and we'd really like to meet you in person. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm honored. But yeah, I, I just wanted to meet a bunch of my girls too. So I'm excited to hug everybody. I'm excited to be with everybody. Um, we're going to take safety protocols. Obviously, girls are going to get a COVID test before they come. Or if you've been vaccinated or have already had COVID, then you're good to go. But we'll make sure that everybody is safe and it's going to be a wonderful time. So thank you for listening to my PSA. Now we will talk about eating disorders. (laughs) Not as much fun, but it is going to be fun because we're going to teach you how to have breakthroughs. So for um, pageants and politics or the mastermind or both, hopefully both, then uh, y'all can just go in the show notes and all that stuff will be there as always. Okay. So let's get into eating disorders. Here is um, where I think it started. So um, when I was some backstory, I was bullied very, very, very harshly, um, by women my entire life. And it had gotten to a place where I was, you know, I was playing on the basketball team, varsity playing well. I was, I had the lead in all the show choir stuff, all the leads and all the choirs, like living on top 4.2 GPA, like on the outside, it was like, wow, Megan's crushing it. But on the inside, um, you know, as a happy person, I had some, good friends. I would say my, my church family and my family and kind of my show choir family were really the people I considered my best friends. But I always felt like I was just looking over my shoulder, wondering who was going to make fun of me. And I didn't have, I didn't get, I hadn't given myself permission to be the fullness of the exuberant kind of, uh, off the cuff challenger kind of person that I, that I know and love to, to be that I am today. And we all know high school's rough, middle school's rough, just to give you guys some context. So I had a girl who bullied me for 13 years, um, who just scared the heck out of me. Like I'd be in the same room as her and she would ostracize me from our basketball team. And I just always felt like there were whispers going on behind my back. And I was like, you know, do I have something on my shoe? Like, do I have something on my face? What's going on? And I regularly remember um, eating lunch by myself or having to just like force my way into friend groups. And it didn't make any sense to me because I was like, I feel like I'm a nice person. I feel like um, I I love people. I feel like I'm I'm talented. Like I'm not. I mean, I was I kind of looked like a naked mole rat, you know, in high school. But before Instagram, we all kind of did. So. Lord have mercy. But, you know, I was like, I don't, I don't feel like I'm like that weird, you know? And so I, I honestly become really good friends with like teachers and uh, just hung out with my family. And it was a really tough time. There were a lot of days, a lot of days when I would just come home bawling to my mom, like, I want to quit. I just want to quit. I want to be homeschooled or I want to change schools because school is so hard. And, um, in particular, there was one female who, um, I won't give too much detail about just cause I want to protect their identity, but she, um, was a Christian and, um, our families were very close and she just like 
absolutely hated me. She decided she hated me. To this day, I have no idea, like literally no idea what I did, right? And it's just one of those people who hold grudges to hold grudges. I don't know if it makes them feel better about themselves. I don't know if it, like what that does for you. Like I just was not born with that bone in my body. Like I don't have enough headspace for that. I, I, you can forgive and move on, you know? And this girl just was not born with that ability, apparently. Um, that's a joke. We were all born with the ability to, to forgive, by the way. 100%. God's given each of us a measure of faith and the ability to forgive. So I'm not getting weird theologically, you guys. <laughs> no one write me, please. But anyways, yeah, she just, she claimed to be a Christian. She looked perfect on the outside, you know, um, really close to our family. Our families were very close, but she made my life a living hell. Like, tried to get me kicked off worship team tried to start all these rumors about me and and I just remember like the the toil that it took on my mind to the point of where um I was sitting in AP stats class my senior year she didn't even go to my school and I remember not even being able to listen to the teacher it was like my favorite class I was a super nerd I got a five on the AP like test I loved it like math totally is logical and makes sense to me and I just love it and I remember like I was so devastated I, I was so confused and I felt under her spell of comparison that I couldn't even listen to what the teacher was saying. Like it was just like this fog was in front of my brain. And, um, no matter what I did to try and pay attention, I was just, I just felt lost. And so anyways, um, that was really, really hard to deal with. And I, I felt my self-worth constantly bouncing off of the praise or the condemnation of man and ergo women. And it was mostly women, um, but not to mention, just to give you all some context, like literally I was so afraid of boys in high school that I would like, I was incapable of walking down the hallway. I went to a high school with 3000 kids. I was incapable of walking down the hallway and just like smiling and waving. Like I would literally make the most grotesquely ugly face as a coping mechanism because I was so scared to like be noticed. Um, I was a weirdo. Like maybe I was a weirdo. You know what? Maybe, I don't know. I was going to say I deserved it. No one deserved to be bullied, but y'all get the point. And, um, yeah, I mean, just some really crazy things happened to me. Like I was uninvited from more things at the last minute than I could count. I was, I was shunned from just eating lunch with people at the table, um, where, you know, you walk up and everybody starts whispering and looking at you weird and then they close in on a circle table so you don't have any space to sit there. Like, or I would eat alone or I would go talk to my choir director. Like, those things actually happened to me, okay? So, um, safe to say when all that was happening, I was ready to get out of there. I was ready to get out of there. I was like, oh my gosh, mom, like, I wanted to quit basketball my senior year. I wanted to quit everything. And she's like, we're Swansons, we're not quitters. Like, there's life after high school, there's life after high school. And I was like, no, there's not like, but there's not, I know there's not. And, uh, you know, the second you graduate, I was like deuces. And it was like the best thing ever. And I realized that high school doesn't matter at all, at all. And that life goes on. And I was like, yo, this is the best thing ever. So I'd committed to Belmont and I was ready to move to Nashville. And, uh, you know, I wanted to be Carrie Job since I was 13. And for those of y'all who don't know her, she's a phenomenal Christian singer and has literally like an angelic voice. Like you hear her and you're like, am I hearing angels? Yes, I think I am. And that's just Carrie Job. So, and she was a boss woman, you know, she got married later in life. And I was like, hm, totally going to be her. going to like work on my career, go to Nashville. The favor of the Lord's going to be upon me and I'm going to get a record deal in five seconds. So I went to Nashville and, uh, my first week of school was, and I was like, peace, like peace out, get out of here. Omaha has nothing for me. I'm never moving back here and good riddance and goodbye. Bye. 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 
So I went to Nashville and I, I'm in love with the city. Um, I'm actually visiting next month and I'm so excited. I haven't been back in a while. And um, I was like, yo, this is about to be amazing. So I went to orientation week and went through my first week of classes and I was a voice major. So you have 8 billion classes, literally like you have 50% more classes than the normal person. And then you have rehearsals and then you have zero credit hour classes and you have to go to these shows and all these things. And so I remember it was a week after I started school and I had eight classes in one day from 8 a.m. until 7 p.m. And I just called my mom at about three o'clock bawling my eyes out because I was like, oh my gosh, what did I get myself into? Like, I am not ready for this. Everybody is good. Everyone's way better than me. I can't even sing in my chest voice. Like, I'm a terrible singer. What? Why did you let me go here? Like, why did they Why did they accept me? You know, I got in on a video audition. I was like, I'm terrible. Like, why did anybody let me come here? I am the worst singer on the planet Earth. And I felt just like horrible in my spirit. Where I was like, dude, I am worthless. And it was a huge culture shock for me because I, I really had to learn in that moment to separate myself from my identity being in my achievements, you know, and I didn't do that well. I didn't know how to put those thoughts together at age 18. And one thing that I actually like probably my biggest regret of college is we had free counseling um, at Belmont. You get free counseling the entire time you're there. And I had such a stigma against counseling in my mind where I was like, well, I should just control my thought life. Like I should just be better at controlling my thought life that I literally thought it was for like weak people who didn't know how to control their thought life. I was so black and white and I still am black and white. It's the way that God's created my brain as an eight. But, um, in a way I I just, man, I I wonder like what I could have (laughs) learned, you know, hindsight's 2020, but I wonder what I could have learned by just, um, like asking for help (laughs) and like being okay and not being okay. So I went through this whole first year and um, had met some really good friends, was super excited. Um, all my friends happened to even be tall. Like we had this whole group of girls and they were all voice majors like me. And then a couple of really tall guys that I had crushes on. Um, well, one in particular, literally everybody else was 5'7", as I said in my social media post today, 5'7", 5'8". Like to the point where my parents dropped me off at college and like, <laughs> guess you're focusing on your education. Oh, <laughs> not so funny. I'm like, yeah, so funny. So funny funny and it was not funny and uh that's why I never dated anyone in college well it's one of many reasons I was freaking weird till like I started doing pageants but anyways so um you know not being not being the best person in the room anymore um I still was able to grow some great friends and but I distinctly remember um and the Lord brought this back to my memory the other day I distinctly remember this time in my dorm room where we were chatting and I think like this might have been I think it was my freshman year, but for some reason, like pageants came up because I had done pageants when I was in high school, like once, right? I did Anso, went to nationals, all that kind of stuff. And for some reason, we were talking about pageants. And I remember one of my best friends turning to me and she goes, why do you always have to talk about the things that you're interested in? It's like super annoying. And I was like, um, okay, well, like what do you want me to talk about then? Like, this is called conversation. So I was like, okay, like, can you give me some other feedback? Like what, what? (laughs) And of course she didn't have a response. And I remember she like blew up at me and we blew up at each other. Probably this is 10 years ago. And I was like, great, I'm going to lose friends all over again. And all that to say, by the end of the year, I was super overwhelmed with everything. Like I couldn't catch a break when it came to 
wanting to just advance in my career because I felt like my voice was holding me back. And truth be told, you guys, like, uh, again, a, a basketball player would walk by because they were the only guys taller than me. But I was so, like, caught up in music stuff. I never saw anybody. I wasn't meeting anybody. Like, online dating didn't exist back then. <laughs> and so I was just, like, scared and, and I was really lonely. And I didn't realize, um, like, a basketball player would walk by and I would literally put my head down because I was too scared to say hi and didn't know how to put makeup on at all like at all you guys atrocious like barely brushed my hair ever and uh I just remember like my self-worth just started to go down and down and down and down and connecting this to the high school stuff so I didn't realize that not dealing with things they still surface up later like who who would have thunk who would have thunk and so long story long um a lot of those emotions of being looked over or being chastised for who God created me to be, or you're too loud or you're too tall or you're, you know, they would call me the, just these awful names of, of things that they were labeling me with. And then again, like in college, I would, I would stick out quote unquote, and I, I'm not a follower. Like I'm just not, um, I can submit to authority, but (laughs) very much my personality is like, I'd rather not unless you earn my trust and my respect. And if you break my trust and make me feel betrayed, like you're dead to me kind of a thing, you know, but I feel like a lot of us are that way. Like maybe that's not just an eight thing. Um, but again, I didn't know I was an eight, right? So you can imagine all these really strong characteristics coming out of me in a group think mentality of like, okay, join this choir of 400 people. And my brain is literally going off with all these alarms of like, why do I have to sing a, a, an oratorio from the 1600s when I'm a commercial voice major? This is a waste of my time. And I, I just, I hate conforming. Like I hate conforming if there's not a why attached to it. And if I can't ask questions and you just tell me that I have to blindly follow something because I have to follow it, that pisses me off. Like, I don't like that. That's, that's like how to trigger Megan one-on-one. <laughs> and, but I didn't know that about myself. Right. So then I'm just like collecting all these emotions and I'm carrying all these emotions from just like saying peace out Omaha, but not dealing with any of that. And then dealing with friends coming in and out and being in a new city and not finding a home church for five years. Um, when I went to, when I went to Belmont, I was looking for a home church for that entire time in Nashville. And then when I finally found one, I ended up leaving like, and moving back home. And so it was just all these different things going on. And, and so what I started to do is I started to emotionally eat and this is before Instagram. So this is 2011 to 2012. Instagram started in 2012, picked up and got popular, you know, end of 2013, beginning of 2014. And I I know that because that's when I was Miss Nebraska. And so I had no idea you guys that, um, I like emotional eating was a thing because there wasn't any really like research out there. Like we learned about anorexia maybe, but you never learned about binge eating disorder. You learned about, about bulimia, but binge eating disorder was just not wild, widely talked about like at all. And so I had no idea that I was feeding myself emotionally and using food as a control mechanism for feeling out of control. And especially for an eight, though, this is for every personality type. Um, I like control. I really do. And I like to be the boss. I like to be the leader. And and God's created an ability in each of us to have leadership and to operate healthfully in our personality. But like the eight is like God wired me for control. That's just like he just did, right? Like I I was never born to like work for someone at a company. That's just mm-mm. most eights aren't, you know, and they're trailblazers. And in that way, they can help break a lot of ground of new inventions or new companies or solving problems. 
But did I know that at 18? (laughs) No, no, I did not. Are you kidding me? You know, at all. And so what I did was I just harbored all this and uh, I'll never forget, you know, all this accumulated with after that freshman year. And that's where you guys have heard the story a million times. That's where all that came together of not being able to stare at myself in the eyes and tell myself I was beautiful. It wasn't just a moment. It wasn't just like, oh, I had a bad day. It was this accumulation of literally years of emotions and now gaining 40 pounds um, and literally none of my clothes fitting. And my mom making loving comments towards me to try and help, but she didn't know how to help either. And trying to partner with me in a kind way of like, Megan, do you really need to eat that? But of course, I received that as you're controlling and you think I'm ugly when really I was reflecting in a mirror what I thought of myself. And so I want to I want to flip the script here. Now we're going to talk about solutions. Now we're going to talk about the happy stuff. But I hope that you guys can empathize with that. I hope that that's helpful knowing that like I am so free today and I've never been more free in my whole life. Food has no hold on me. Um, and we're going to tell you how to get there. But I was at a place where food was the only part of my life that I felt like I had any control over. And that is exactly why people emotionally eat. It's the same reason why people don't eat. It's the same reason why people purge. It's the same reason why all those kinds of eating disorders happen is because there's a, there's something in your life that's triggering a lack of feeling of control. And so we do something that makes us feel back in control. Okay. In the same way that some people have OCD, some people are obsessive cleaners, some people are obsessive workouters, some people are workaholics, okay? It's because you need to understand that every one of us wants control and we're wired to want control. So I'm going to teach you a little bit of things that um, have really, really helped me in my own life and some things that other people utilize as well. So Number one, and actually I think I'm going to add one, so I think we have five now. Number one, this is why I believe a spiritual life is so important. Philippians 4 talks about how we need to cast all of our cares on him because he cares for us. I don't know about y'all, but, and it's okay if you believe differently than me, totally fine. Y'all know how we roll around here. But when I think about not being able to lay my life down in the hands of someone that I can trust, that's a really terrifying feeling. That's a really, really, really scary feeling to know that I have to be so self-sufficient that I am my own lid when it comes to my healing, when it comes to my growth, when it comes to what I have an ability to do. I am, I'm the lid in my own wisdom. I'm the lid in my own strength. And at best, I can read a ton of books you know, build mentorship around me, go to every conference in the world, but I'm still limited by human imperfect knowledge. And even though I could then lean on people, I could lean on a partner, I could lean on a best friend, a mom, a dad, as we've talked about with connection circles, those are great for specific purposes, but they're not so great when that person that you want to run to doesn't pick up their phone. Or that person's also having a really bad day and feels like their cup is empty and they can't really handle you needing them to pour into you that day. And that's where a faith life is so important and where Jesus is so good and the Holy Spirit who fills us to the overflow is so amazing because it says that our cup runs over every single time that we lean into the Lord and that his grace is unending. His mercies are new every morning. His love never runs dry. 
So I started to get a glimmer of hope when I really got real with myself and had a conversation with the Lord where God was like, hey, Meg, I love you. I love you. You're my daughter and you're doing such a great job, but I don't have all of your heart. I have like 98% of your heart, but this 2% is killing you. And this 2% is not taking you down the road that I have for you. And this 2% is becoming the 98% because it's all you think about. And it's totally controlling your life right now. I'm going to need you to give that to me. And hey, I'm a safe place and I love you and I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to hold your hand. It's going to be awesome and it's going to be hard and it's going to be messy, but I'm with you. And aren't you so glad that you don't have to do this alone? And when I was crying in the fetal position on the ground for two hours before I woke myself up from the nap that I induced, I, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't healing overnight. And a lot of times it's not because it's messy, right? It didn't take you two seconds to get into this mess. So it's not going to take you two seconds to get out of it. God does miracles and I've seen them happen. Um, I was at a conference singing this weekend and uh, saw some crazy miracles that I'm not going to tell on air because you would not believe me, but they happened and it was amazing. And I saw it with my own eyes. Um, But I started to get this glimpse of hope when I finally was like, okay, God, um, this feels really scary to let anybody else into this world. And I don't really want to (laughs) because it's easier for me to control literally everything. So, um, but I'm going to trust you and uh, I'm going to lean lean not on my own understanding because I got like no understanding left. (laughs) I don't know what to do, but I'm going to trust that you do and that you're bigger than this problem. You're bigger than me and that your shoulders are a lot more apt to help me throw things on you because that's what you were created for. And when I started to do that and my mom told me the wonderful message of little victories rather than being such a black and white thinker, thinking that I had to quite literally build Rome in a day. And if I wasn't over this now, then I was a failure, right? Or I failed. I had to really start to work through emotions for the first time. And I, I really had to learn how to identify that, that emotion. And that's number two. So number one is finding some kind of a, a faith journey. I, I recommend Jesus. He's the best and he can handle anything. And he's alive, that's just, I'm just going to let that sit with you. He's, he's alive. Um, but number two is identify the emotion. When, when we don't know what we're feeling, when we don't know what we're thinking, when we don't slow down enough, we can't process. And again, a, a feeling of a lack of control is because we're unable to process the thing that is happening and we don't have a logical reasoning and a logical solution for it. So here's my, here's a quote that I love. Uh, starve the emotion, find your focus or solve the emotion, find your focus. So if you can process, Hey, I'm feeling out of control, even if it's just that, or Hey, I'm feeling powerless. That was a huge one for my life. And you can just admit that to yourself. Your brain immediately starts to go into process mode where it's like, okay, how do I fix this? And why am I feeling powerless? And how can I not feel powerless? Right. Rather than just kind of spinning, And being like, why am I broken? That's what your brain tells you. Well, you're never going to be enough. You're never going to fix this. This is always the way that you're going to be. And that brings us to number three. You have to slow down. 
Now, here's some really cool strategies for how you can slow down. It's great for anxiety. It's great for when you just feel like you're over processing or you like launch into your day and you're not in the right mindset. Here's some things you can do. Um, one is Mel Robbins's amazing um, rule of five where you count down from five. So you go five, four, three, two, one. And literally what it does is it's a pattern interrupt of the current pattern that's going on in your brain. And then you're able to slow down and refocus and choose a different thought that you want to think. Okay. And you can kind of chunk down what's going on where you're not just like, okay, I'm fat, ugly, and my life is over. You could say, okay, I'm having a feeling of powerlessness because I ate too much last night and now I'm bloated and I feel like that's going to last forever. But I know that bloatedness doesn't last forever and it's, and chances are is that it's not going to be that way. I am empowered to make a better decision today. So I'm going to do that. And your brain starts to utilize logic and you're back on track and it's amazing. So that leads us to number four. Um, Number four is ask yourself the apple question, which I love. So um, a really great, really practical technique that most um, coaches will, will utilize with you is all you have to do is ask yourself, okay, am I actually hungry right now? And I hated this question. I hated it when I was first starting off. Cause I was like, I just want to eat, let me eat and don't take my food away from me. Like totally, totally just a jerk about it. I was a jerk about it. I was like, you hate me. And that's why you're taking my food from me. It's like, Whoa, Megan, like you've got some severe attachment issues with food. So asking yourself the apple trick. Okay. So if you feel like you're in this place where you're like, I legit, like my Greenland and leptin levels are just so jacked up. Like I have no idea whether I'm hungry or not. Here's what you can do. And you just say, okay, if, if, am I hungry enough to eat an apple? And if I'm not, then, but like chips sound good or cake sounds good, then you're not actually hungry. Cause sometimes what it is, is we've like massacred our thought process so much and really just detach the mind-body connection that we're like, well, I'm always hungry. So this is a really great question. Would you eat an apple? And if you are hungry, that apple will make you feel full, partially because of the the, the elements of the apple. And uh, that's a really great test, right? So if you wouldn't eat an apple, chances are you're not hungry. And that's a really great simple trick to teach yourself, again, to be more present with food um, and not just eat out of emotion. Okay. Another thing that you can do, number five, that I love is ask yourself the possibility question. So I love this question. You say, is it possible that I'm just processing an emotion, not actually hungry? So something that I've learned recently that I'm now adopting into my practice of coaching that is different than even how I coached a year ago is um, how we do affirmations. Because when your brain is lying to you, like negative Nancy, negative Ninny, Karen, whatever you want to call it. And that negative framework is just like harassing you for lack of a better term. Your brain wants to be like your brain's being convinced, right? Of like an argument of you're a piece of crap or you need this food. So your brain doesn't just need this like, I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry. And then you just repeat that 8 million times. No, not going to work. Your brain literally needs a pattern disrupt to teach yourself logically that you're not hungry. So you have to ask it a logical question in order to do that. And the possibility question is a lot better statistically than just blatant affirmations. So what you can do is you can say, is it possible that I'm just processing an emotion, not actually hungry? And if I am, what emotion could that be? 
And when you do that, your brain starts to solve for that solution rather than why am I so hungry? What am I going to eat? Because the questions we ask produce the answers that we get. When we ask better questions, we get better solutions. We get better answers. So those are our five things today. I hope that those have helped you. Um, Thank you so much for listening to my story today and allowing me to be vulnerable with you. It's not always easy, um, but y'all know me. Like I always want to be somebody that doesn't pretend like they're perfect because Lord knows it doesn't help anybody. And I'm so not perfect. You're not perfect. And guess what? We can be a mess together as we are figuring it out and growing. And that mess becomes your message, right? So that mess has absolutely become my message. We've been able to help dozens of girls get free from eating disorders and get free to love themselves again and produce those pattern disrupts in their mind that allow them to think clearly, sometimes for the first time in years. And, you know, so kind of finishing out the story, deploying a lot of these strategies, you guys, it took me about a year and three months because I remember distinctly, I had one Miss Douglas County, hmm, actually this is a year before that. Yeah, year before that I got free. So um, this was my sophomore year. I'd come home for Thanksgiving and I looked down at my plate of food and I remember for the first time in like two to three years, I didn't feel anything. And I didn't feel that compulsion of like, I have to finish this or else dot, 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 right? And we're all raised with different reasons why we overeat. It could be your parents made you finish your food. It could have been you grew up in poverty. So you're like, oh my gosh, you have to eat or else that's being wasteful. Or it could be reasoning like mine where it was just emotionally comforting. So I remember that glorious day when I looked down, it was Thanksgiving and I was just like, <gasps> and I, I talked to my mom and I said, oh my gosh, mom. Like, I feel nothing. I, I don't have to finish my food. And it was like this, like this switch just went off in my head and I knew that I was free. And what I've been doing every single day was implementing these five strategies. And then every single time that I would eat, I would pray over my food and I would say, you do not have emotional power over me in Jesus name. Food is just fu- food. It's not, it's fuel. It's not fueling my emotions. And I am joyful and happy and present and whole with or without this food. And every single time, even though... Want to know how I started off saying this? It was like, food is not this, this, this. This is not this, 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 this. And if you can see me on video right now, literally just rolled my eyes to the back of my head and back. Like, I was the biggest challenger of like my own process. I was the biggest, like, not helpful <laughs> person in my own process. But what's so cool, you guys, and I'll finish with this, is that, gosh, along the way, like, God taught me humility. God taught me to not harden my heart. God taught me to build a better relationship with my mom. God taught me that people weren't against me. And God really taught me a lot of things that I needed to work on that were really beautiful um, and necessary as I was going through the refining, um, refiner's fire, you know, of God and just him like humbling me and growing a love for myself. And I realized that, you know what, I had to partake in my own healing. Like there was a pretty good chance that the reason why some people didn't want to be around me in high school and in college, um, and thank God I went through this because I think without it, I wouldn't have won Miss Nebraska. I wouldn't have become a person worthy of that. Um, even though I still felt completely unworthy when I won Miss Nebraska at 21 and didn't know anything. And now I feel like I'm, I'm getting there at almost 28, you know, in two weeks. Ah! And, uh, but yeah, like there was a, a beautiful refining process that I'm so thankful that I went through 
that allowed me to become the person that I am today. And so it's always darkest in the moment. You guys, it's always darkest before the dawn, but I promise that God wants your healing for you even more than you do and that it's totally possible. It's totally possible for you to, to break through from any eating issue or alcohol issue or codependency issue. And you can utilize a lot of these same strategies and just, you know, change the industry really of, uh, what's going on to, to help you reach all those goals and to help you become the person that God sees you as that I see you as, and that so many other people around you that love you see you as. So I want you guys just to, to visualize the person that you believe that you could be. And I want you just to to make sure that you write that down today, you visualize that, you paint the picture in your head, you build that movie reel like we talked about it, like we talk about at Powerhouse. I want you to know every single detail of what that looks like, what it smells like, what it feels like, what it tastes like, what it, you know, what it all these different things, what it, what it sounds like. And to get more vibrantly aware of what you could be in the possibilities of your freedom and your healing and the beautiful future that God has for you rather than being so incredibly aware of just where you're at right now. And I promise utilizing these different strategies every single day, bit by bit, those scales are going to start to tip and those negative voices on the inside of you, those impulses that you don't want to give way to are going to get quieter as you turn down the volume on those things and you turn up the volume to your identity and the blessing and just the purpose that God has for you. And I so look forward to getting to be a part of it. I can't wait to hear about it. I'd love for you guys to write us about it and uh, just look forward to the amazing hope and future that God has for you. So with that, I'll see you guys next week. Hey guys, Coach Megan here. And again, welcome to season three. I'm so happy to have you here. Please, a couple things I wanted to just say, share this with a friend that you know needs to hear this today. Um, we give out this free information all the time because I'm so passionate about lowering the barriers to entry for women to be successful in pageantry, but also to grow themselves as transformative leaders that know their identity, are great communicators, leaders, and also are initiating and engaging in their calling. So with that, one thing I wanted to make sure that you guys were aware of is a brand new program that we beta launched last fall called the Interview Mastery Academy. And there's nothing like it on the market in the pageant industry. And as a competitor and a coach, somebody who's gone through this and been in your shoes several times, I created this because there was a hole in the market. And I am here as a coach and as a person who loves women's empowerment to fill those gaps and see those problems and provide solutions for you guys. And so this is an eight-week course that is not just pageant coaching, although it will transform your communicative ability as well as your leadership. It's also going to transform you as a person. We get down into the nitty gritty about your mindset, your your different personalities, your core values, your style, your social media. I teach you how I built a six-figure company online, specifically through Instagram. We go through everything from your platform to your paperwork to on-stage question to the advanced questions framework. We handle everything. It is all-encompassing, you guys. I even have 2,000 practice questions as well as timed mock interviews and a national-level packing list. I have truly put everything on the inside of this academy and we'd be honored to have you be a part of it so how you can get involved is in, at the end of every episode you guys can dm us on instagram you can email us info at powerhousepageantry.com or the easiest way is just to click the link in the show notes no matter where you're listening and we'll send you right on to be able to access either a one-on-one strategy call with me personally a free 30-minute call or if you're ready to write, write to sign up you can just tell us and we'll give the information to purchase it is something that will absolutely positively transform your entire life guaranteed and I've created it as a total replacement for one-on-one coaching so that through the
the craziness of life and the busyness of your schedule, you can ensure that you have everything necessary to be successful in pageantry, but on your own time and on your own terms. So if you'd like more information, click the link in the show notes or email info at powerhousepageantry.com and a member of our team will make sure that you are taken care of. And with that, I love you guys so much. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure that you are following us on social media at powerhousepageantry and at Megan underscore Swanson. And with that, we'll see you guys next week.